Um, and welcome to Stutter Conversation, the podcast. This is a safe space where we will talk all things stuttering and communication. So it's been a while since I've done a podcast, but I'm so excited to be back and joined by a very special guest today, Mackenzie from Talking Town Books. Mackenzie is a pediatric speech language pathologist who works with children from birth to five years old. As her oldest child, Vaughn, began stuttering, Mackenzie and her husband knew they wanted a way to talk to him about his stutter that felt informative, celebratory and engaging, and so the creation of Daniel the Digger and the Talking Town crew came to fruition. I'm so excited to learn about the journey of the book and your role as an SLP and mother to a child who stutters. So thank you so much, Mackenzie, for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> um, so I usually like to start each episode with a few icebreaker questions and they are super random. Um, okay. <laughs> so <laughs> I guess we'll just jump straight into it, into it I guess. Also, I am sure. like at the end of a cold, so I sound a little bit nasally, so just don't mind that. <laughs> oh, no worries at all. <laughs> um, okay, so if you were on a desert island, what are three things that you would take? Oh, man. Um, can I have all my people with me as like one of the items? <laughs> yes, you could do that, actually. I'd never really thought Okay, so that. I'd have to bring them. <laughs> I couldn't be on the island without my husband and my kids. <laughs> um, and probably something to make a shelter. Oh, and... that's smart, actually. Um, hmm. And if I'm going to assume I could survive no matter what, since I'll make it like best case scenario. So in that case, I would just need pictures. I would choose like all the photo albums. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I'm, We're I'm, just going to assume that food comes no matter yeah, what. Yeah. <laughs> That's a must have anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I usually ask a lot of my guests that question and they're always so different and so cool to see like, what people would take like yeah. people have taken books and people have taken their phone um, so oh, yeah, yeah I love that <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even think of my phone <laughs> <laughs> but then it's like how would you charge it I guess that's the other thing as well totally <laughs> there's a lot of inconsistencies <laughs> Um, okay, second question. If you could be any Disney princess, who would you be? Ooh, I have to say I would either be Belle, for obvious reasons, the books. Oh, yes. <laughs> or yes. I would be Anna. And I say Anna from Frozen mm -hmm. because my daughter Evie is obsessed with her. And I feel like oh. I would just be her complete hero, heroine, oh, if I, I could that. be Anna. <laughs> Yeah, Anna's so cool, oh. though. I feel like she's a little bit underrated, to be honest. So. Yes, I think she's so the star of both Honestly, Frozen. honestly. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, and the last one, this is a bit of a deeper question, but okay. um, what is the biggest piece of advice that anyone has given you? Wow. Hmm. That's a really good question. <laughs> I feel like I've been fortunate to re have received a lot of good advice about a lot of different areas mm. in life. Um, but I would say if I had to kind of think about what we're here for and in terms mm. of stuttering and Vaughn and being a mom, I would say that he's going to be okay. Oh, I love that. Yeah, absolutely. That would be probably the best, most simple, but best mm. advice. Mm. Oh, that's 
that's really nice <laughs> yeah just to be able to rest in that he's gonna be okay yeah exactly and just to kind of be at ease with it which is yeah <laughs> um so I guess we'll start off with a bit more about you and your career um yeah. and so you are a speech pathologist and I'm interested to know what inspired you to become a speech pathologist yeah so it's all kind of wild because it wasn't like when I was growing up I thought I wanted to be a speech pathologist um but I did kind of always think I would be a teacher of some sort and so that is actually what I studied as an undergraduate student in college so my first four years that's what my bachelor's degree is in is in education I thought I was going to teach high school English um and then when I moved to from Maine to Vermont for graduate school, I was going to pursue a graduate degree in furthering that. So it was going to be in curriculum and instruction. And while I did that, I, I took a job at an elementary school and I worked with a little boy on the autism spectrum. And I was kind of like his one-on-one -on -one with him to help him throughout his day. And I got to work really closely with his SLP, so with his speech pathologist. And I was like, huh. <laughs> I think maybe this is it. Like it just sort of clicked. It was very like natural. Um, and so honestly, it's one of those things where it was like the rest is history. I changed majors like the next semester. I was like, well, I had to apply. Um, and there was a pretty big application process to change programs. And so as soon as I found out that next semester, it was like there was no looking back. And so I ended up with my master's in speech pathology. That's so amazing. I feel like there's... Um... I, think, I know I spoke to another speech pathologist and she was saying that she also started as a teacher as well. So I guess it's really interesting to see that there is like a link with that. Um, and I'm also interested because it's different here in Australia, but are there speech pathologists within the school system or is it usually like external? So yes. So in the US, there are SLPs that are within the school system. And it's part of our special education law that when kids are basically birth to 21, they have they have actually a legal right to get that help if they need it, which is amazing. Yeah. So um, they do have to qualify using certain like standardized measures and whatnot, but it is a right that they have. Yeah. Um, how the SLP is in the school system can vary. Sometimes they're an employee of the school district. Sometimes yeah. they're contracted in. So like they work for an agency or they own a practice like I do, and then they have a contract with a school to come in. Okay. Um, but yeah, it is within the school system, which is kind of amazing that yeah. they have that right to that service. Yeah, exactly. I think it's also good that the kids are able, if there is something that needs to be um, like early intervention, I guess, it's good that that gets happened yeah. right through school. Um, I know that's something that like here in Australia, we, I think it's really important that we do have that in Australia, which unfortunately we don't. I think it's happening in some states, but not in where I live. Um, yeah. yeah, so that's definitely something that needs to happen as well. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's wild to think that it's not, yeah. you know, like that all over. Exactly. Um, but it's good to hear you say that it sounds like it's moving in that direction. Yeah, I think a lot of SL oh, we call them speeches here in Australia. But yes, we do too. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> it's so much easier. Sometimes I'm like speech, and people are like, "What do you mean?" Yeah. Yes. Oh no, I know what you mean. <laughs> okay. Good. Good. <laughs> um. So, what have you found to be the biggest challenge with having a child who stutters, but also being an SLP? Is that kind of like a, a, a not not a barrier, but some kind of balance? I guess. 
Yes, I think it's exactly what you said. I think it's a balance. So I think when I first found out, it almost felt like it was hard to know as much as I knew, you know, like, I think sometimes it can feel a little bit like ignorance is bliss. Like maybe if I didn't know so much, I wouldn't have so much kind of on my mind about it. At least initially, that's how I felt. Um, but then, so that was sort of like a challenge, you know, just feeling like knowing kind of with his different um, factors at play, like our family oh. history and all of that, um, that this will, you know, probably stick around for him. And at first that was hard for me to kind of carry um, just thinking about the world we live in. It has nothing to do with him at all, but just the world not being caught up yet with the acceptance and inclusion. So that was a challenge, but I will say like, immersing myself in the stuttering community has lightened that load so much like my husband and I say this all the time there's like no other community like it <laughs> and it feels so special to be a part of and it's also helped us work through a lot of those feelings um and just realizing that advice that I was given is true that he will be okay um you know this is something he will have to develop some resilience around and some perseverance and he will have to learn to advocate for himself because unfortunately I can't you know keep him in a little cocoon forever he will experience the world um but I think that's been something we've all kind of we're still learning together as a family is that like he will develop those skills um and he will go out into the world and he will definitely he will definitely take you know some shots just like we all do um but he will be okay. We're teaching him the best we can to advocate um, and to, you know, stand strong in who he is and know that his words matter. So um, I think the things that started out as challenges have kind of worked their way through to becoming this like awesome learning experience. So. <laughs> yeah, no, that's so interesting though. I find like, because with having a sister as a who is a speech and also being a person who stutters, I also find that we've had to try and find the barrier. Oh, not the, I keep saying yeah. barrier, but more like the balance. Um, yes. So yeah, I got, I can, yeah, totally relate to you. And the community, yeah, it's like, it's so, yeah, I don't even, there's, there's not even enough words to, I guess, describe I it. <laughs> I know it's it's, it's yeah. truly wild like exactly. when, when we um first found out and or not found out but when we first kind of realized it had been several months and it wasn't you know it wasn't kind of resolving it wasn't likely to be that that kind of developmental um type of stuttering I actually reached out to um my professor from grad school who taught our stuttering course yeah. and then is sort of aid that was always kind of you know she graded the papers she mm -hmm. did all that stuff she's incredible um she now has an even larger role within the department Aww. but I just reached out to them and it was like and I had been out of school for you know 10 years maybe Aww. um and they immediately responded and again it's like the community they immediately yeah. responded and they too said first of all you're gonna be okay he's mm -hmm. gonna be okay um, team stuttering's got your back. That was like a line in the email that I'll never oh, forget. Oh, I love and it. it's just like that experience with the community. Yeah. yeah. You know, so immediately, like, we got you. She was like, do you want me to connect you with parents? Do oh. you want more resources? What yeah. can I do? Um, and so I felt like almost that was an example of like, if I wasn't an SLP, 
Mm. you know, almost the flip side to a challenge. It was Mm. like the plus side, like, wow, I had immediate access to that feeling of like, somebody's got this with me. Yeah, exactly. And you're not like, you're not going to be alone in this. And we've all got your back and yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so, yeah. That it's so not like good to hear that even though um, there are still challenges to, I think it's also, it's also stuttering can be different because we don't even know that. Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> I just got no a thing saying Matt's a Jew now. <laughs> I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> 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 no, <Nah, that's okay. laughs> Um, no, but I, it's, um, oh, I forgot what I was going to say now. Oh yeah. That like, even though stuttering that, that, yeah, although there is no cure for stuttering, people don't even know the cause for it, that there is such a huge community that will, um, always, yeah, be there if you need any kind of assistance or anything. And everyone here has got such different, it's like different stories, but also similar stories, which is so cool. Mm -hmm. And everyone's of different ages and it's like, yeah, it's yeah, Mm -hmm. really. Yeah. Yes, I think when you, you know, when you first kind of realize like this is a thing that's happening, Mm -hmm. you know, you have like, kind of like any news that you get, you know, when you're a parent and you're raising a kid and it's not, you know, it's something unexpected, really. Yeah. Um, You kind of go to like the, especially as kids, you know, for Mm -hmm. children, you go to that place of like worst case scenario, like I don't want him to be bullied you know, I don't want this. I don't want that. Your mind just, it's just kind of an automatic, like a survival response, Mm -hmm. I think. And so to be in this community and to really see like, yeah, you know, that did happen to a lot of people in this community, but like, look at them now they're here with podcasts and they're starting foundations and they're doctors and their parents and they're leading these like fulfilling lives and it's Mm -hmm. okay. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, that's actually such a good point that people, um, yeah, like people have used their stutter in such a different way. I think that's something that could be perceived as something so negative, or mm-hmm. that's gonna kind of, I guess, inhibit you. Um, but they've yeah made it into something that's so positive, and I guess in yes. some ways maybe one of like the greatest things that may have happened to them or something like that, which is so interesting. Um, And I know I definitely felt like that as well when I was in primary school and I I didn't really understand, I guess, what was happening. Um, And I never, it never really occurred to me that I had a stutter or anything um, until I kind of got to high school and I became more aware of myself. Um, Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I think it's so interesting to see how, like people have changed their, I guess, views on everything, which is interesting. Yeah. And just to exactly. And just to see that, you know, no matter how as a grown up they mm-hmm. like end up, it's like knowing that they, they feel fulfilled. They're happy. Like yeah. that as a parent is just like, I live for seeing that and knowing that yeah. that's how it can be you know because yeah I think like I like I said you just kind of go to that worst case and it's like it doesn't have to be like that and there are so many people out there working to kind of get the world to catch up 
exactly um, yeah to understand yeah. what is actually happening in the mm. brain and that it's not about nervousness it's not about yeah. being shy you know all of these misconceptions that have kind of worked their way through history exactly um, yeah so it's just a really positive I mean I think it's a this is another thing I say to my husband a lot is like it's a really exciting time to be part of this community yeah that that's a good point I think they're moving so quickly that we don't even yeah it's just kind of happening I guess <laughs> Yes, yes. (laughs) Um, So I guess on the flip side, so what are some great things about being an SLP and also being a parent to a child who stutters? Yeah, I mean, I think what I tell myself, so right now Vaughn is still pretty unaware. You know, he's, he's pretty like blissful, just living his life. He's loud and proud. You know, we've taught him to, um, you know, if somebody interrupts him to say I wasn't finished or you're interrupting me. So he's very much like just in his world and unaware right now. But I think long term, maybe, at least what I'm hoping is like, some of the benefits might be um, if he is in a tough situation, like, you know, he won't maybe need to wait until like his next therapy session, or, you know, he can just come home and say like, Mom, I have this presentation, like, can you help me practice? Or, you know, I need to talk to my teacher about this. Like, what can I do? And not that any mom couldn't do that. Any mom could do that. But I think maybe just given that background, you know, maybe that would someday be helpful for him in some way. And it's one of those things where I want to be there for him if he needs me to be there for him, but I don't want to like impose myself upon him. So, you know, it'll be totally up to him, but hopefully I'm useful someday. (laughs) to him (laughs) no I'm sure you're definitely useful (laughs) Um, no but I think it's so important that yeah kids growing up they know that stuttering isn't a bad thing um and that it's just kind of there and it's kind of what makes you unique um I which is so cool and I remember I went to a um stuttering like activity, it was like a workshop kind of, and it was the first time I'd ever been to any kind of stuttering workshop or anything. And I saw so many little kids there, like from, I there must have been five or six. And I was like, this is so cool to see that now these kids are yeah. gonna go to school and be like, guys, look, I have a stutter. Like, this is so cool and actually be so open to talk about it um, as well, which is like just exactly what needs to happen. Um, yes. as well so it's so good that yeah Vaughn and he has such an amazing support system as well so he knows that stuttering yes. is, is okay and that yeah he's gonna go up to yeah. me, whatever he could be okay. yeah it's just it's been really cool too like I'm so glad you mentioned that like just having home be well and anywhere be a place where he knows mm. that it's totally okay yeah uh, Cause that is absolutely like, I feel like our house is a place where he and his, his um, preschool too is like absolutely amazing. Like we went oh, in and so did, um, you know, a little talk with them about strategies, like letting yeah. him finish and mm-hmm. all of that stuff. Um, and so he really does have these like two environments where it's just like, he is who he is. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's amazing. And I think it's been cool to watch kind of our families learn too, because yeah. they, just like anything else, you know, parenting related or about the kids, they've learned by watching us like, okay, well, how are Mackenzie and Mark handling this? It could be anything, you know, it could be like a behavior that they see. It could be anything, but it's been really cool with stuttering to watch them watch us and how we just listen 
and respond. <laughs> and so even for like that older generation to kind of like let that sink in like, oh, okay, you know, there's no rushing, there's no. So it's cool to just be like, it just takes little ripples, like enough families doing that, you know, to like, change how we all see this. Yeah, that's actually a good point. I never really thought about like the I guess going home and the the behavior kind of side of it. So, um, and how, yeah, if a child was to see that their parent won't interrupt them when they're stuttering and it's just kind of a natural thing, I guess. It's so, yeah, I actually didn't think about that at all. (laughs) Yeah. And hopefully, you know, it does have that impact with like people Mm -hmm. who come over and see, and then, you know, like we love having play dates and just having like, then that family now knows like, you know, stuttering happens kids stutter it's no big deal and here's how we respond basically we respond like he's anybody else (laughs) yeah exactly and then even I'm sure even if their their friends were to ask or maybe ask questions of how come um or maybe why does um Vaughn maybe sound like that or speak like that and the parents can then educate their child as well and so it's it's going both I guess sides of it the child who started but also the child who doesn't to go up and to be more of an open society I guess yes yeah (laughs) absolutely um so I really want to talk to you about your book um I did get a sneak peek and (laughs) I'm not going to spoil anything because I'm really good at that (laughs) It is absolutely like amazing. And when I, I was so excited to finally purchase the book because I I don't have any sort of stuttering book and I'm still very new to the stuttering community. Um, And I'm so happy that it was your book because it was absolutely amazing. I was like trying not to cry. (laughs) I was like, it is so, it is just, and like all the experiences that the digger had was like, I really connected with it as well. And um, I mean, I'm still growing up, so having those, still having some of those situations was so like cool to see that it's in a book now, and that these kids are gonna read it, and yeah. So I'm really interested <laughs> to ask you oh what inspired you to create the book as well. Yeah. So first of all, I just have to say like thank you so much. Now I'm the one trying not to cry. <laughs> But um, no, I really appreciate that. And it's so nice to hear that from your perspective, because one thing that I've realized as a parent, too, is that like children's books are written for children. But I feel like we continue to learn from them, even as adults, like we take different things away or as teenagers, you know, I feel like at any phase in life, it's so um, kind of amazing that like it gets to the root of something like within us, you know, it's so that's just so awesome to hear you say that. And I thank you so much. Um, But so the inspiration for Danny, um, well, Daniel, but affectionately known as Danny, (laughs) um, was really that we were starting to notice, um, maybe around December or January. So um, Vaughn had been stuttering for a little over a year. And like I said, he's pretty unaware. Um, But we were noticing a couple instances where he was beginning to like, um, if he were really, really stuck on something, he would kind of like hang his head down and like do a big sigh. Or he would like quickly change a word, but he would seem like bothered that he had to. And that was the first time we ever noticed him notice at all. And so it was like after bedtime one night, 
And Mark said, wouldn't it be nice? My husband, Mark said, wouldn't it be nice if we had a way to talk to Vaughn about this now that he's becoming more aware? Because when we would talk about it previously, we would talk about stuttering. But I think as a freshly three-year-old, he wasn't quite sure what that like concept meant, you know? Um, so we were always very open and naming it, but I don't think he fully understood what we meant. So Mark was like, now that he's becoming more aware, wouldn't it be cool Um to have a resource or like something in between us, like something more tangible that we could like relate it to. Um, and we were like, what about a book? And so we hunted around and there actually are some lovely children's books about stuttering, um, but they all tend to start at like elementary to like later elementary and older in terms of age. Like there wasn't anything that really felt um appropriate for his age like the preschool years um and so we were like what if we made one <laughs> and then um so again it was mark's idea to like create a book and then mark also said you know he's super engaged with any book about vehicles because he loves vehicles and trucks and construction and all of that and we know just as like being, I mean, especially me, I'm with kids all day long. A lot of kids love trucks and vehicles and it's such a common theme. Um, and so he was like, what if we made it about vehicles? So again, this was Mark. And then like, I think a night or two later, he was like, what if we had the engine of the vehicle sputter? And that could be the way we talk about stuttering. And I was like, you are genius. <laughs> and so... I really think it was like that night or the night after I wrote it in a single night. Like I just sat down and I was like, oh my gosh, this is it. And so I was just like mad woman typing. Um, and then we revised and revised and revised. But like that's how it it really felt like inspired. Like it was sort of a wild experience. Um, and then I just started researching because I don't know anything. You know, I didn't know anything about publishing a book. And so it was just figuring out the next step, the next step, kind of one step at a time. And all in all, it took about eight or nine months. <laughs> and here we are. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's so that eight or nine months. Wow. <laughs> I know. I know. It's so yeah. there's so many like tiny steps. Mm -hmm. Um. And then like somewhere along the way, we realized um, that each character within the story sort of had its own uniqueness. Mm. And so that's when we decided this could really be a series. So the first book is obviously yeah. like the most near and dear to our hearts because that's Daniel and yeah. that's for Vaughn. Yeah. Um, but we kind of gave each character sort of the beginnings of their own personality to lead up to them each yeah. having their own book with their own differences. Yeah. Oh, um, that's so cool. <laughs> so we're so excited. So I don't know if you noticed, but Perry has his device around his neck. Oh, no, I didn't notice generating that. device. Oh, so I want to go back and read it now. <laughs> yes. So he's going to be like a nonverbal character. Oh, um, so he's going to have so each character is going to have their own story. But yeah, oh, definitely like the foreman of the crew. <laughs> yeah, that is actually so cool. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm so excited about it. So it'll just be this crew of vehicles mm -hmm. that they all have their own unique, you know, their speech difference. Yeah. Um, and they just support each other. And it's just like a huge community as well. That's. <coughs> oh, sorry. 
Um, that is actually so cool. <laughs> I'm going to be collecting all of them. It's going to be like like <laughs> my new collection. <laughs> I also wanted to talk. So you said that um, the inspiration for the book as well was so um, yeah interesting. I never, I've never really thought about the process of creating a book as well. So I'd love to know like what that, how that was for you, and if it was hard or if it just kind of flowed. I guess. Yeah. So that's a super good question. And actually like a lot of people have reached out since kind of the start of the process to ask questions like that. Um, And I will say there's definitely like two routes you can take that are very distinct. And so one of them is like working with a traditional publisher. Um, And believe it or not, that's even more time consuming (laughs) than the route that I took, which is self-publishing. Um, And part of the reason for that, the biggest reason for that was because I knew if we would have tried to go with a traditional publisher, it's a lot of trial and error. um, And then the process takes a long time. And to be honest, I really wanted the book in Bond's hands, like when he potentially needed it, you know? So to me, it was more like, I want to do this in the way that's going to get this in the hands of people who need it as quickly as possible. Um, And also kind of me maintaining the ability to do anything with it um so the the two kind of roots are like that traditional publisher route and then self-publishing and self-publishing honestly for me it was a lot of just research like just kind of like doing the gritty work of um joining groups joining children's book author groups joining indie author groups and really just kind of asking questions, learning from other people, kind of watching them share their process um, and seeing like what worked well, what, you know, what were they so graciously sharing that didn't work well (laughs) to save other people from doing those things. Um, So it was a lot of like trial and error, but, you know, kind of like we were just talking about, I really think when certain things are meant to happen that they something else is like at play along with you and it just helps it flow because I never once felt like it was a struggle or there were roadblocks and I'm probably going to knock on wood right now um but it felt very just like we got to the next step okay what's next okay we got to the next step um and so it took a long time um but it never felt like we were really at a roadblock of any kind which is really cool yeah and I guess the for for me if I was I mean I would never create a book I'm just not (laughs) I don't have that in me but (laughs) I guess for me the hardest thing would be kind of coming up with the concept but I guess that was so I was was that kind of the easiest part for you I guess that idea um to start it off yeah I think you're so right like I think if if we didn't have Vaughn in our lives and we were like, let's write a children's book, I think it would be like, there's just so many possibilities. Like, where would you even begin? But because we knew we wanted it to be celebratory about stuttering, you know, we knew we wanted it to be a story of friendship and friends kind of raising each other up. And we knew we wanted there to be moments where the emotions were there because it's okay to have those emotions just because we're accepting stuttering doesn't mean we're going to deny that 
you know, it can suck sometimes, <laughs> you know? So I think we wanted to acknowledge all of that. Um, so that was really helpful. Like we had a really big starting point. And then with my husband kind of having these amazing ideas with the construction vehicles and the engine sputtering, it was just like, how do we put it all together? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Actually, <laughs> I guess like it. Yeah, but yeah, I. It's just I feel like the yeah for me the idea would have been the hardest thing. But um, yes, yeah. But it was also so interesting to see. I think there's a lot of books right now, and I, I don't. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't really read that many books, but I guess a lot of them when they talk about stuttering, it's more like the overcoming. I guess side of it. So mm-hmm. they were. T- be a child of a they were to stutter as a child but then they somehow through some kind of like miracle it just vanished and then like they never spoke about it again or was yet over an always an overcoming story which is like realistically that's I guess not really the case um and so and it was also so good to see that like the the support of um the diggers friends as well that was so interesting as well to see because and and like and I think also the book isn't just meant for people who stutter, but it's also for people who don't stutter and kids and you know kids are such that they I feel like they're just little sponges as well. They just absorb everything, and it's so good to see that. Um, and 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 I think also like storytelling as well for a child is so important. Um, and so to have a book now that represents. Um, stuttering and also the other different speech um, communications as well um, is so interesting as well to see and I think it's so important that there is book like that now out there that these kids can read and know that it's okay. (laughs) Yeah totally and I mean I think the biggest challenge honestly of the whole process in terms of like the content and the story Mm. was just wanting to really like honor all sides Mm. of the experience, you know, so we wanted to celebrate it. You know, Mm. like we said, we wanted to make sure that it talked about stuttering as not only is it okay, but it's actually, there are going to be times in your life Mm. when like, it will be your superpower. There will be a moment where it's something you need or Mm. something only you can do, or you have this perspective Mm. that no one has because you went through this or you're going through this so we wanted to honor that but we also didn't want to not acknowledge like I said the hard days Mm. like so when Daniel has those emotions where he's like maybe I'll make myself smaller or you know maybe I'll not tell that story because I don't want to get stuck we didn't want to leave that out Mm. um, because that's that wouldn't be honoring like what a person goes through mm-hmm. or what I imagine, you know, I'm not a person yeah. who stutters, but I'm trying to put myself in those shoes as best I can. So yeah. we wanted to like honor all of that. And then, like you said, to bring in those like key players, like there's going to be people in your life that raise you up and insulate you, you know, they're going to be the people that are like your people. Exactly. Um, and so to show what a big part they had. And that to me is like where, those resources that we pair with the book Mm. really come into play because um, I think like you said, storytelling is so powerful for kids, but it's also power. It becomes even more powerful when an adult can sit with the child and make more meaning of it, you know? So like that resource bundle, it's really a way to like make more, even more Mm. meaning, Mm. like keep making those connections. A lot of it is about, Um, inclusion and understanding that being different again it's not only okay it's awesome 
and how really when we look around so like for example one of those activities is like it looks like little empty polaroids and you put in all the things about you that are just like unique like little snapshots and then the idea is you hang them up like in the library or in your classroom and so the idea is like when you look around everybody has differences Mm -mm. but that's also something we all have in common so just that idea of like we really are there's a lot to be said about being kind and being inclusive because we all have things that make us different and that's something that is the same (laughs) yeah exactly and I think even as a child when they go to school and they there's so many different kids of all um of just yeah the whole like I guess I don't know what the right word. Like the whole, the whole population, I guess. Yeah. Um, but there's a whole, yeah, array of people, and it's it's so important that a a child can know that there's not only one of the same person, and everyone is so different. Um, and and I think also in schools, books are another big part of kids. Yeah. I know when I was in school, we used to have like a big bookshelf, and we would do stories and stuff during like the teachers would read us stories and stuff and so for a kid to then have a teacher also reading it and make like nothing of it or make a big thing of it is like just so important as well yes yeah and I I just love that it has you know Daniel's story has that Mm. opportunity like it can be read at home it can be a bedtime story and like you said it can be a bedtime story for any kid it can Mm. be a story Mm. for any kid Um, but it also has the potential if you want it to to pair it with these other things or these bigger conversations and Mm. you know that was something else that we were thinking about when we were writing the story is like how do we make this just a good story yeah um, but also make it so that it has power and potential in a really positive way so yeah I mean you definitely achieve that I'm gonna, oh, I'm gonna say <laughs> thank you hi everyone thank you so much for listening to the first part of my conversation with Mackenzie from Talking Town Books um check out Mackenzie using all of her social media links they're all going to be linked in the bio and the link to purchase Daniel the Digger that will also be in the bio everyone should be purchasing Daniel the Digger <laughs> Um, if you would like to support this page, you can follow Start a Conversation on Instagram, Twitter, um, and I recently started a mailing list, so please check that out as well. Um, if you would like to leave a review on rate as as ratings, I also realized you could do that. So if you could please do it, that'd be great. Um, part two will be released next week, so make sure to follow um, to see when the updates for that will be happening. And yeah, thanks everyone. Bye.